That's okay. It's not a big deal. Okay, well, we can talk about it later or something. If you got any more questions, let me know. Okay. All right, love you. Love you, too. Tell Matt, too. Okay. All right, buddy. Bye. Dad said he loves me. Was there, was there anything else that he said? He just told me to tell you that he said that he loves me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is technically what he said. <laughs> he said, I love you, and then he said, tell, tell Matt, Matt, too. Hey, welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And this is a bonus episode this week where we talk about what we've been watching, mostly Bly Manor and The Haunting of Hill House. So let's run that back. we got to get in the mindset of we just introduced the podcast. <laughs> so and let's run that back. That means... So let's run that back. And then Matt's like, that music went on too long. And I'm like, okay. And then, what have you been watching recently? <laughs> so I finally finished The Big Bang Theory. Oh, God. Come on. And I, I didn't cry. You cried. I cried. Well, that's interesting because I wasn't there, and I've never seen the ending of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, for for a show that, as it was going, I was going, eh, all right, when's this gonna be done? It was a it was a good ending. I got a little misty eyed. How, how did it make you cry? Did they all walk out of the apartment and like shut off the lights or something? No, you're thinking of Friends. I know. <laughs> um, no. Uh, okay. Spoiler alert for the Big Bang Theory. I don't know how familiar you are with the with the characters. I know all the main people and Amy and um, Bernadette and okay and stuff. So Amy and Sheldon win the Nobel Prize. Oh, and everyone goes to Sweden to you know watch them receive the prize. And on the plane and in the hotel, Sheldon does Sheldon things and. Like, makes everyone feel alienated and unappreciated. And so they all say they're going to leave. And he kind of realizes that the way he was acting made them feel that way. Um, and he throws away his speech where he had prepared to, like, anyone who ever told him that he couldn't do something or wasn't good enough, like, he was going to make them rue the day. Yeah. And he instead used it to just focus on how appreciative and um, how much better of a person and scientist he is because they're in his lives. And he went through each and every person. It was so perfect because it was touching. It was a little cheesy, but like coming from Sheldon, who was so like yeah. closed off and cold and binary for the entire series, it was like, <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great though, if he chose one of them and just like didn't thank just them. really mean. Like, except Wallowitz, because he went to space and I never got to. But that was the thing, is like, over the course of the entire series, he makes fun of Howard for, because he's not a doctor, he's an engineer. And mm -hmm. MIT isn't really, a, it's a trade school, he calls it. Right, right. <laughs> MIT. Mm-hmm. And as he's, you know, introducing everybody, it's, you know, Dr. Rajesh Kutharali and Dr. 
Bernadette Rosinkowski Wallowitz, and he gets to Howard and he says, "Astronaut Howard Wallowitz." Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm getting, That's I'm getting teary eyed right now. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> if I'm being honest, this was the reaction I expected, not the show I expected <laughs> to be talking about. I also finished uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Okay. Which, The Haunting of Bly Manor is a series on Netflix, and it's kind of like, it, well, it's the follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House from Netflix. So they're the same creators, a lot of the same actors, but they're separate stories. It's like an anthology haunting of series. I'm I'm likening it for people who I try to explain it to. I'm I'm comparing it to like American Horror Story. Yeah, because Where each like, season is a completely new story. Right. And they use some of the same actors and it's all the same, you know, showrunners and all that all that good stuff. Right. And going into it, Haunting of Hill House was like a how many episodes was it? Ten? Something like that, yeah. It was like a ten hour horror movie that was yep. like one of the best horror movies I've seen in my life. Yep. It was so well made, so new with still being kind of classic. You know, it's a haunted yeah. house story. You know, we've seen it a million right. times. We've seen a million ghost stories. But the way that it was told split between generations um and you know flipping back and forth was so cool so i was so excited for bly manor and bly manor started out slow and was slow and then it was slow and then um it was nine episodes on episode eight it was like oh okay this is kind of cool mm-hmm. and then episode nine was phenomenal as well right and the the episodes were well made. The filmmaking was good. The characters were intriguing, but like I I just feel like it was so slow paced that yeah. it was almost like the payoff should have been bigger. While I loved yeah. the ending, does that make sense? Oh yeah, yes. So it was it was an interesting choice for a follow up to Hill House because Hill House was like like you said, kind of more traditionally like a full-on ghostly horror haunted production with like jump scares in it and and like full-on suspense that built up and built up. And Bly Manor focused more on like an existential like dread. It was just like nothing really big happening. It just like you just felt kind of bad like kind of throughout <laughs> And I really liked it, but I agree with what you're saying, how it was just so slow. And the episode eight you're talking about, I believe, that penultimate episode was the one that went, like, way back in time and, like, explained the history of the the house, right? Right. Right. And so while that episode is really great and, like, eye-opening and everything... It's like a whole episode where you're just not in the original story for like right. an hour. It's almost like they went for like a twist, but they right. didn't lay the seeds. Right, because it's almost someone said on Reddit and I tend to agree with it that it's almost like they showed their hand too early. Episode 5, they kind of let you know that like a lot of the people that you've been seeing 
are actually dead. And so now you know that, even though you kind of felt like you knew that, now you know that. And then it takes until episode eight to find out, but then why are they still here and like can't leave and everything? So it's like, I feel like they showed you that hand and then didn't do anything with it for a while. And then you, so then when you finally get to it, while it should feel like a twist, you've already kind of known most of it for three episodes. Well, to me, it was, so they're, they call it dream hopping. And it shows the characters dream hopping kind of throughout the series. Right. But they don't explain what dream hopping is until like episode seven. Right. Really eight is where it really gets uh, explained. So you're just like, okay, why why is it just randomly like nighttime? Or why is it just randomly she's somewhere else? Because it'll literally just switch to a new scene. And that's supposed to be like they're in some sort of trance almost. Right. So it so it, 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 it almost confuses you too much and then doesn't pay off until the end. Too late. Right, some exactly. Might say. When it was at the end of episode nine, I was like, that was awesome. That was yes. a really good series. Like I, I enjoyed yes. it. But like I'm gonna go back and watch Haunting of Hell House over and over and over. And I don't yes. know how often I'm gonna come back to Bly Manor. Which, now that we've gotten through a lot of the issues with it, I do want to say the thing that made Hill House so good and the thing that still made me enjoy Bly Manor so much was just the overall theme that they were, like, conveying throughout. So Hill House was kind of about being, like, haunted by your past and overcoming that. And in Hill House specifically, it was those family connections that helped them get through it and... Bly Manor was more about this inescapable nature of of losing someone you love. And so they had so many different ways of showing how you can lose someone you love with like the obvious one of they die or in one case that character's mother getting so sick that she's just not even a recognizable form of herself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have, you know, spouses cheating on you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's all these ways that you can lose the person you love and how you have to hold on to the love you had for each other because the rest is confetti anyway. <laughs> that was kind of cool that that, that that was a literal line from Hill House. And yes. That, um, what was her name? Hannah? Hannah almost said Almost said the same line and then, yeah. As she disappears, she says, the rest is just, and then she disappeared. Oh, that was cool. And Bly Manor, one of the issues people have with it, they literally bring up in the last episode. It's not a ghost story. It's a love story. And the whole series has been someone telling this story to you and to other characters in the world. And so one of the characters in the world says... It wasn't a ghost story. It was a love story. You set it up wrong at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Bly Manor's trying to argue that they're the same thing. There is no difference, and it wasn't misleading. But I almost think it's funny that I think it was on purpose that they tried to get you into this series expecting Hill House-level horror. And then at the end, they like bring it around that, haha, it wasn't that the whole time, you know? And so... I just really connected with the ideas that it had, and 
just like with Hill House, I cried my eyes out at the end of it, and I watched the last scene of it again to kind of remember it because I watched it so long ago, and I even cried just watching the last scene without any <laughs> context. Like, I from had the to rest. rewind because there was so many times like that. Wait, did I? Was that? Was that her? Like, what's going on? Right, with the hand on her shoulder. Right. Yes, uh, the very last ooh. shot. Yeah. The reason that Hill House is great and the reason I like Bly Manor is they tell these stories that aren't necessarily horror in this horror genre. Right. Because even when like even when it was mostly a drama love story, the entirety of Bly Manor, it was still rooted in the ghosts and the haunting and in one case with the uncle, how you haunt yourself. <laughs> that was awesome. So, I it was awesome, but also kind of went on for a long time yeah, <laughs> after yeah. I like understood what was happening, and I think that's just the issue. Like Bly Manor was good; it's just that Hill House was trimmed perfectly mm-hmm. and didn't have any extra fat that like brought it down. Right. Where Bly Manor was just slightly fattier, I guess. Right. You would well, say. and we should have known that like Hill House was perfect, and that's really hard to do. Yep. And as talented as everyone involved is, it's 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 really really difficult to strike that that perfect balance twice right. in a row. And hopefully he the, keeps going and makes more, but oh, we'll see. I I really hope so cuz and and then the other thing is that Bly Manor never had any episodes that really resonated the way that not just Bent Neck Lady from Hill House the that episode stars. But also two storms, like at a technical level of having one take shots throughout the the episode. Bly Manor never really had any of those like show stopping moments, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which I I feel like I almost shouldn't give any negativity to Bly Manor for that because it's not like it had to, but. It was just one of those things that you kept kind of thinking, like, I wonder if they're going to have something yeah, crazy. Like I wonder Hill if House. they have one up their sleeve. And then it never really happened, so. They had some cool effects. The effect when mm-hmm. the um, when the sister opened the trunk and the dress strangled her. Yes. Was really cool. Yes. I think um, throughout the whole thing, the f- like, I think you kind of mentioned it, the filmmaking and everything was really good. Yeah, the the set decoration and and the uh, what would you call it? The scene setup. Yeah, yeah, it's the like I, composition I, I, of the state, frame. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think technically it's it's mise en scene. Yeah, the mise en song um, is <laughs> is was just really well done. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast about how they would constantly be. You know, the background would be blurry, and you'd be like, "Oh, is that a person?" And, and it'll right. come into focus, and it's like a lamp post, right? Um, and then sometimes it was a person, and that was yes. a, that was another thing is that I was constantly on the lookout for like ghosts in the background, ghosts in the background, mm-hmm. um, because in Hill House, again, they learning, were everywhere. learning that we shouldn't be comparing, but they were all over, and they were yes. all different ghosts, and there was all there was all kinds of ghosts in the background that you never got addressed in the story because they weren't part of the story. They, right. The house was just full of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Bly Manor was full of ghosts, but it was full of, like, specific ghosts. And it was right. only, like, seven of them. 
Right. So, like, they would be in the background, but it would only be those seven. And they weren't everywhere like they were in Hill House. Yeah. And I watched a video on the the Hidden Ghosts in Bly Manor, and there's a lot more than I noticed. But it's it's the same... It's the same ones. Because obviously there's the there's the plague doctor because a lot of the, like this house went through the plague back right. in the day because it takes place in England. And right. that, and that I, plague doctor shows up a lot. Right. And he's the one you notice a ton because he's got such a specific silhouette. You know, right. The hat it, and, the, and the pointy nose. And the the but, long like beak. Yeah. But the little kid with the doll face um, right. was all over. Um, wow. The general, the, the like army general. Um, showed up yes. quite a few times. Going back to the child with the doll face thing, because one of the things Horrifying. is that the one of the things is that the ghosts, as they're they're stuck in this house, they forget who they are or why they're even here, and as they forget, even the features on their face like kind of just fade away until their face just becomes a blank slate of nothing, and one of the little kids in the show finds this little kid ghost that doesn't have a face immediately. I would have been like, I am out. Yeah. But bye. for some reason the kid is like, Ooh, I want to help this little ghost kid. But that's and how good of a person she is. Of course. And she gives this ghost like a doll face like almost like, like you have like a life-size doll of a she takes doll. the face off yes and puts it on this ghost a hundred times worse <laughs> than no face it's like immediately turns into leather face from the texas chainsaw massacre except it's the face of a porcelain doll yes and so then the ghost is sitting there like tilting its head like "Ooh, i have a face and it's like get burn it with fire <laughs> get it out of here and you're supposed to be feeling like wow like what a great heart this little girl has and oh i guess i'm misunderstanding because the ghosts aren't actually dangerous but meanwhile i'm like get out of the house and burn it yeah. down like but they're everything. not they're not only the one right only exactly. the lady in the lake was dangerous. The little, the little doll face ghost was moving all the dolls around in the house to make sure that Flora knew what was going on, where, where they every, were. all the other, so she I guess, ghosts were, so right. you don't get scared. And 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 the whole lady in the lake not being or being dangerous, but only if you get in her path. I really liked that because mm-hmm. it kind of had a little bit of nuance to it. That it's like, look. She's dangerous, but she's not going out of her way to be dangerous. She's not out to get you. Just stay out of her way. And I thought it was very creative how they continually found ways to have people just accidentally fall into her path. Like, you know about her, so you know to avoid her. A lot of the characters don't believe the kids when they say things like this. Right. But you have moments where, like, there's just a lot of other stuff going on. And so you can't focus, oh, am I standing on specifically this line that she walks? Right. And so there there was an episode where a character is trying to get someone to do something and she turns and the Lady of the Lake's hand just grabs her throat and starts walking because she got in her path while she was distracted. Are you talking about Danny? Yes. Yeah. And I lost it. I was like, whoa! Oh, God! <laughs> she forgot! And then she forgot. I forgot! Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's yeah, nighttime. You're trying to yeah. get out, and I didn't even think about it. 
And then that was, I think, the episode right before the episode that goes back in time. So you don't really get to see the follow-up of what happened with Danny right, right well, away. And then they end that episode exactly the same way. And you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. wait, it's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you get mad at that, but you also understand exactly why they would do that. And and so I just I kind of loved that, that the ghost that was the most dangerous didn't because their memories fade. She didn't even really remember why she was so vindictive Mm -hmm. and i think that what that's part of what the show is trying to say is like she like you you can't really hold on to that hate for so long you're just gonna like forget who you even are right um you have you have to like you know i guess i guess the lady in the lake was a lot like the other character peter where when they died their dream hopping was just to the worst memories that they have of their life (laughs) And so then you just lose yourself in it. And it's like you can go on being angry all the time, but eventually you're just going to be an angry person who doesn't remember right. why they're angry. Yep. Or you can choose to accept what happened and, I guess, move on peacefully Right. with the good memories of your life. <laughs> or I guess you could end up like Carlo Gugino at the end where I guess you're happy, but also you spend every night turning the bathtub on and falling asleep in a chair i I don't know (laughs) you know i I know that i'm getting old because when she slept like that my first thought was did she sleep like that every night she's gotta have like (laughs) neck and back problems i saw people being like i worry for her water bill because she's filling up every (laughs) sink and tub in every room (laughs) and uh you know the the show but she's another one she she's sorry she's just as stuck as the people who died because you just yes. can't let go and, and, and accept the, the positives and the happy memories. Which is weird because it feels like when she talks about it at the end, it feels like she has moved on and has that feeling of that's, I understand, but then... That's what she's telling everyone. Yeah. And I think that this is a good point to say the show really was depressing. Like it was, <laughs> it was real sad. Yeah, like yeah. you had actual sad things happen that made you sad. You had things that were sad because it made you angry. And you had things that were like dreadful, just like upsetting to see. Mm-hmm. And then you had things that were happy, but in a, nostalgic way that makes you sad so like <laughs> right. it, it hit you in every facet of how sad it was so i remember finishing it and like Kristen was almost mad how depressed she was <laughs> because of the show and i was like yeah it was depressing but it was good but it's like i couldn't get over having to keep saying yeah but it was depressing I, it was a sad I, show there's a lot of like super depressing things that i enjoy but i think that it it makes you appreciate that that stuff is out there and that yeah. like i don't know that you can like accept it and be appreciative yeah. that like you're not dealing with that you know I right don't know. right yeah exactly you know you get to watch people have to go through fictional people yes things like that and you can be like it'll put things in perspective for you without you having to actually live through it which is actually exactly why i love horror movies (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that is a great show and i'm glad you finally finished it 
it wasn't as great as Hill House, so if I was ever going to tell someone to watch something, I'm always going to go to Hill House. <laughs> right. I'll be like, you should watch Haunting of Hill House, because like you actually briefly mentioned, but I've said a billion times, I think it may have just been perfect. Mm. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. it. You're, you're going to invest a lot in Bly Manor. Right. And it you may not get a complete return on your investment, but it is Right. but it's definitely worthwhile. If, it's better than a lot of other stuff that is out there. Yeah. Especially in the quote-unquote horror genre, even though this one's a little less than normal. Now that we've gotten through the depressing part, let's let's lift ourselves up a little bit. I want to know if you finished Ted Lasso. I did not finish it yet. I'm sorry. God damn I'm it, still Cody. exactly where I was when I kind of briefly spoke to you on the phone. So I know you don't want to like say anything to spoil it. But so far, Ted Lasso has been much funnier than I was expecting it to be. I, Everything you, that comes out of his mouth is perfect. Because you say things like that, which is an insane <laughs> exaggeration. <laughs> But it's but not. it's like he's he's because the character is set up as you just love the guy like that's he's, the point of his character. He's relentlessly positive, right, to the detriment of his personal life. <laughs> but and I I just think it's a really funny idea of an American is hired in England to coach a soccer team. And no one wants like an outsider coaching their <laughs> soccer team. Right. Well, he's not even a soccer coach. He's a football. And he's coach. not even a soccer coach at the college level too, right? right? Division like two. he's never been a professional right. coach. <laughs> and so it's it even as someone that is not interested in sports at all, they they're able to just explain that very easily by oh, seeing so how funny. annoyed everyone is and and showing on ESPN like even the announcers are like in a stunning move <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> Oh, they so hired funny. Ted Lasso. And what's the uh, the assistant coach? What's his name? They, he just calls him Coach all the time, Beard. so I don't even know what his name is. Beard. Oh, his name is actually Coach, coach Beard, Beard. Yes. Um, and Nate, the uh, the equipment manager. Nate the Great. Nate the Great. Yes. I was in tears, Cody, when Jamie said he was hurt and he didn't want to practice. Uh huh. Ted and he started, we're talking about practice? <laughs> he starts doing the Alan I wanted to, I actually wanted to, when I was watching that, I was thinking, is this just like exactly word quoting Alan Iverson's <laughs> famous practice? <laughs> That's I was, hilarious. I was in tears and Carrie, the way he, Carrie had no idea, had never seen the oh, practice video. Man. She, so she's lost. I'm yes. crying, laughing. Right. I look like dad watching Brian Regan. Right. And she's going, am I missing something? The way, but then also, like, even on top of knowing what it is, because famously, Alan Iverson did, wasn't participating in practice and was asked about it at a press conference. And he got mad that, like, why he would you want to talk he wasn't even about practice? Mad. He was, like, flabbergasted. Yes. Like, like we're here to talk about, like, game and, like, playing. To be the but you want to talk about player. practice. <laughs> yeah. Not and a game. So, not a game. Practice. We're talking about and then practice. And it, it goes also, on. It goes yes. on for, like, seven minutes. He's just like, yes. Talking about practice. 
And so then, then even like later on oh, after God. that, down the line, he was doing another press conference, and someone brought up practice. When and, he was, and he, yeah. he, right when, and he was just like, "Practice? You want to talk about practice?" And like when everyone laughed. So the then, in Ted Lasso, when one of the characters is saying he can't participate in practice because he's hurt, Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis goes off just quoting Allen Iverson's oh like God. whole speech, but his like body language changes too like he like goes he into like Alan being Allen Iverson <laughs> so yeah that was a really really funny moment oh, only and I was in between you and Carrie in that moment because part of me thought it was funny and part of me wasn't sure if it actually was what <laughs> I thought what it was supposed to be doing I was pleasantly surprised by Ted Lasso and I need to get back in there because I was also surprised there's only like 10 episodes of the whole thing. Like, yeah, they're working on season the way two. That, but... The way you kept saying like, we're still watching, we're still watching, I was thinking like, how long does it take him to finish 10 episodes? But I guess I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. And now to, I would say to finish off this uh, this bonus episode that's going to be the length of like a normal episode... <laughs> Disney recently had their, what was it, like a shareholders meeting or something? Uh, where Stockholders conference call or something. Whatever, some sort of stupid business thing, but they announced a whole lot of plans for the future. Me and you are so excited about Marvel and, and Star Wars and stuff. If I'm being completely honest, I didn't really care too much about the stuff that like Disney Animation Studio and like Pixar announced and stuff, but... To me, it sounded, and again, I, I didn't pay super, super close attention to it all, but to me, it was, mm-hmm. a lot of it was, hey, this Pixar movie's coming out on Disney Plus instead. The Marvel stuff is what I always get excited about. And finding out that WandaVision, Winter Soldier, and Falcon, Loki, like having all of those have actual release dates now for Disney Plus, and the fact that it starts in January and then is just like every two months after that, WandaVision I'm real excited. Looks so fucked up in the best way i actually haven't even watched any of the trailers because oh i almost God. like don't want to now that i found out wandavision so close i was like i might as well just wait like i haven't watched anything i might as well just wait for january and the what if trailer i need to I'll, i need so to watch cool. that because i haven't watched the what if trailer it's literally what if this happened differently right and it's stuff like it's stuff like what if peggy carter was um is the one that got the super soldier serum. Ah, uh, okay. What if uh, they have one where T'Challa gets uh, picked up by the Ravagers, so he is essentially Star-Lord. Oh, okay. They have a uh, Captain America zombie one. They have they have all kinds of stuff. And they're all cartoons. Yeah, but the voices are done by... Like, Thor is voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Like, oh, okay. Um, and so on and so forth. They're all voiced by the That's same. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do we know, because you said one of them is T'Challa, do we know, did did they get Chadwick Boseman, or do they have to... I have no idea. Because they they mentioned that as well, that they weren't going to recast T'Challa in Black Panther 2. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. Everything's going to be weird no matter what, and he was was great, and it really sucks that... Yeah. He passed away. Not not because the movies are gonna suffer, because he was great. Right. And but I feel like the character still should kind of carry on. And it, I'm assuming Shuri's gonna be Black Panther, and that's gonna be people, fucking incredible. Yes, it will be. And people also talk about like maybe 
somehow Michael B. Jordan Killmonger will become Black Panther. Like he'll come back, so. or maybe it'll be the. He was too good of a villain to like ruin it. He was. It's gotta I, be Shuri. I feel like it's gotta be Shuri, right? It has to be. Yeah, because I mean, it, even taking away all other things, don't they kind of go by bloodline anyway in that like culture? Wasn't it like his father was Black Panther, so then he becomes Black Panther? So then if he died, Shuri would become Black Panther. Well, like, I, wasn't that a thing? I just feel like, obviously, it's not a good thing that Chadwick Boseman died. Like, right. from all accounts, you know, we never met the guy. But from all accounts, he seemed to be, like, a wonderful person and, you know, mm-hmm. all, all that good stuff. But it presents Marvel with a pretty decent opportunity to shift to a female lead mm-hmm. on a character that's traditionally male. This is presenting like an organic storytelling reason for the switch to a female lead, and it it doesn't feel like a marketing push, like a it doesn't feel so forced. Like oh, if we do this, we'll get more female viewers. It works within the universe of the story, and as an added benefit, it gets more representation for not only women but women of color. So you'll be able, first off, I think they already were, like, it felt like they were already going to move in that direction, even if Chadwick Boseman had lived. I feel like they were going to eventually do a passing of the torch kind of thing like that. She was definitely going to be more prominent. I don't know that she would have taken over Black Panther, at least for like three or four movies. Well, yeah, but I'm saying in the future, I think it was going to happen. Like, it felt like they were going to do something like that. Now it would happen a lot sooner. And then having the organic way will shut up all the nerds that would have issues with things like that. I think that Phase 4 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe seems like it's going to be kind of a mess, if I'm being honest. Because they had fired James Gunn and then rehired him later. And now, like, the schedule's a little weird that way. Like, I don't know what the original plan was, but Guardians is definitely going to be later in the phase. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I don't know if maybe that was the plan already. Chadwick Boseman tragically passed away, so now that puts a wrinkle in what the next Black Panther movie's going to be. And so I just feel like this next phase, it's like... I mean, I guess it's a good thing that it's kind of starting new anyway. Yeah, seems like a good time to introduce the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it just feels like we'll see what they do. They've been great so far, but... Did you see who's directing Fantastic Four? Yes. Is he also directing the next Spider-Man? Yep. John Watts? Is that his name? Who's done a phenomenal job with Homecoming and Far From Home for Spider-Man. But to me, that means like, okay, I guess we're done with Spider-Man. It feels like Spider-Man will probably have a role in Fantastic Four because they both take place in New York City. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? All three. (laughs) They're all three going to be in Spider-Man. I was going to say, I hope that in Spider-Man, the next Spider-Man, Peter and MJ are walking down the street and they bump into a guy and they turn and it's Tobey strutting down (laughs) the street in like a black suit like from Spider-Man 3. That's all I want. Do you think that's how they're going to get out of the ending of Far From Home? Where everyone finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? Right. And they're going to have, like, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, like, standing next to Peter Parker? You're saying, like, the multiverse will open up and there will be multiple Spider-Mans, so then they'll be able to be like, oh, look, they're in the same place at the same time. 
it sounds like something that would happen in a Spider-Man comic, yeah. so probably. I think that makes sense. And I think, hey, I'm excited for what's coming. I'm excited for what we've already watched. I think this bonus episode has gone on long enough. <laughs> okay. We we purposely didn't talk about the Star Wars stuff. I haven't finished The Mandalorian, so I didn't look at right. any of the stuff that, that got right. announced. Um, I don't want too much to be uh, spoiled for me. Definitely send emails to our email address, let's run that backpot at gmail.com. Just don't send anything about the Star Wars announcements at this stockholder meeting because Matt hasn't finished The Mandalorian. Yeah, mom. Yeah, exactly. And uh, follow us on Let's Run That Back on Instagram. And thank you for listening to our bonus episode. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. Have a good one.